Hey, Joel. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very much. How's your day been? Uh, you know what? It's been a, it's been an eventful day. So traveled back home to Switzerland to meet relatives for Christmas. Um, nice. Finished an article late last night. Started writing a new one early this morning. And just got a, I wouldn't say bad feedback, but just some client feedback from different clients saying. This was when you texted me earlier saying that, yeah, you're, you're a little bit uh, annoyed. Tell me, tell me what's going I on. I mean, it just fucking upsets me if you're like, if you're in Bitcoin and everything besides Bitcoin's values is number one for you, that, that could be price, that mm. could be when to the moon, when Lambo, whatever. It's just that that fiat mindset <laughs> is um, at the for- storefront for you. That's just not something I get because that's not what this movement, mm. in terms of my definition, is all about. We should be in it for a higher cause. But that's a very noble movement. I know a lot of people would disagree there. Right. Yeah. That's the thing, like, it's, you know, with what you do, which is you write a lot about Bitcoin, right? More or less, um, yeah. That's, that's uh, Well, you, you, you write about... Um, various sort of economic um things that are happening in the world is that right yeah i mean i i mostly write about sound money um mm. just because the bear market's in which of course there only is one right i mean that could be a discussion for later on <laughs> i might upset a few bitcoiners <laughs> today um but yeah mostly writing about sound money and occasionally copywriting because the bear market's in i mean you got to make money at the end of the day of course yeah and i know you and i were having a quick chat earlier and we were talking about um bitcoin and and the people within bitcoin the bitcoiners and how there's so many different um people in the space now Mm. and there's a lot of varying different opposing um topics that people are constantly discussing on twitter um, and there's an element of discourse going on between Bitcoiners and it's it's sort of people finding Bitcoin and realizing what the value Bitcoin brings, not only to them and their lives, but for the world as a whole. And um, with the fiat mindset um, that we bring into Bitcoin, that we've inherited from the world that we've been born into mm. and how to sort of try to match that ideology or ideologies you may have from the fiat world to Bitcoin, but then ask yourself the hard questions about does it match? Does my original thought of this thing actually still exist? Now I understand Bitcoin or do I need to reevaluate in some way my core principles, my ideologies and reflect on that and sort of, um debate and grow and what i find lately on twitter there's a lot of people trying to force their ideas horrible about what bitcoin is um and sort of like the go fuck yourself attitude which i appreciate to an extent like go fuck yourself is basically uh, well for me i understand it as the start the standard answer to like every post from uh christine lagarde yeah it's become (laughs) exactly it's become a little bit of a lazy get out really Mm. so if you sort of like put if you if you rebut something or you you stand up against what they've said in some way or you just say your opinion their immediate response is go fuck yourself i'd rather people come back and actually create a discussion about 
what it is that they're bringing to the table and what it is that I'm bringing to the table or another person is bringing to the table. Because it, in my mind, you can't fully understand something unless you've looked at it from as many different perspectives as you can to get a full picture of what it is that you're trying to take in. And a lot of us, and most of us Bitcoiners would agree what Bitcoin, you know, fundamentally is and what it represents for the world. But when when people are coming in with their legacy mindset, mm. is that the right terminology? Um, from the fiat world, you know, it can be complicated and it can clash. Um, so I think it's important that we're doing this podcast uh, for that, for, you know, for that reason is that we're inviting these different people into this space to have, come and have a chat to us, to tell us about their route into Bitcoin. How is it they've come to realize what Bitcoin is? What is it for them? And, and, and what do they think in their mind it means for the world and just to have that conversation with people and allow them that space to be heard and understood but also to be brave enough to come and talk to us about that and maybe be challenged at times about it and questioned about that and you know we may disagree um, on various topics whether it's political or any other type of um, topic that you might want to bring up it's essentially all roads lead back to bitcoin in my mind but it's trying to find the different pathways that lead there and and how we can come together with difference and still sort of celebrate bitcoin um and even sort of um you know i'm coming into this with an open mind um you know i've got my ideas i've got um, my kind of fantasies about bitcoin and i accept right from the start that you know, I might not always be right. Of course I'm not. I'm not, um, you know, I'm human. I've got feelings, you know, I've got a past, you know, I've got um, various other influences in my life that um, dictate what it is in some way, um, my path that I've worked out for myself in life. And But I'm, despite that, I'm willing to take in information because that's what Bitcoin's taught me. Don't trust verify, you know, just sort of look at things at a deeper level and question yourself mm. um, and compare it to what you understand Bitcoin to be and sort of really sort of find a new pathway into it uh, where people can come together despite their differences. I know, mate, I know enough on a rant there. Uh, I hope it made sense. But what do you think? I mean, I, I, I will always make an effort that whoever's on a rant or whoever's talking to not interrupt or to interrupt as little as possible. Um, but mate, how many podcasts have you listened to um, where someone goes off on a rant and they're like, and, and you're watching it or listening to it. I, I do it all the time. I think, oh, they're on a rant and they're losing track of their point. <laughs> but yeah, no, if, if someone's on a rant, let them speak. Um, you know, but yeah, anyway, go on. You, mate, have you, you ever think? listened to any of Lex Friedman's podcasts? I mean, his whole episodes are whole yes. rant, so... <laughs> That's that's true. Yes, that's there's true. a market. If if I've learned anything from my past, there's a market for everything. So, um, maybe maybe we've got <laughs> some rant rant fascists or whatever in the audience who love love four hour rants of individual people. Mm, you know, mm. the reason I didn't interrupt is because there was a lot of truth to it from from my end as well. It's like you said, we're never going to agree on anything um, or everything in particular, which is a good thing. If if I 
if I sit in the tube in London and I'm looking at all of the different people, whether I'm going to work to a client or whatever, mm. and you see the different cultures, the different personalities, imagine every one of those. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Those were my notifications. Amateur mistake. Let's turn on focus mode. So I'm not getting disturbed. Um, let's leave that in. <laughs> Shows how, we, how messy we truly are. <laughs> um, no, I mean... Yeah. There's so much variety there and so much different, um, just different perspectives you get to see. So that's that's one thing mm. in particular, because you mentioned you saw that on Twitter currently, that annoys me very much. Um, and I do have a lot of friends in like the legacy media, legacy finance world. Um, I also mm. have some clients in that world. I'm not going to, to devour that because um, I would love to work for Bitcoin-only yeah. companies, but it's fucking hard. Um, it's fucking hard finding finding hard. work in that particular mm. sector and i mean all of them are like you know i get the idea behind bitcoin but it's just so annoying seeing the like i, I call them the five minute bitcoin maxi you know the one who's just been orange pilled this morning going on twitter saying yeah. have fun staying poor to everyone yeah. i'm like come on mate just get it moving that's not the idea behind it mm. I, you know, I kind of understand i say i understand it i um those those five minute maxis that you refer to them as like I, I get it because when the penny dropped for me it was fascinating and exciting and it was raw and it was almost that adrenaline of fucking hell is this for real or am I just sort of having a, a senior moment right now <laughs> and um you know once once that that penny drops it's like um you want to sort of get the message out as quick and as loud as possible um and i I'm, was i guilty of that i'm just trying to reflect back now for when i first sort of came into to understanding bitcoin it took me a while to even actually get on twitter i was resistant to it because it was just Twitter and it just seemed a bit shit, to be honest. And I was like, nobody really used it. Like I, I had a, I mean, I've been in Bitcoin since 2013. I had a Twitter account up until middle of the pandemic or just summer 2020. Yeah. Where I was like, everything is getting politicized. and I'm off. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and I came back because I was missing too much on Bitcoin Twitter. But um, yeah, I agree. I had the same hesitations. Is it really worth it coming back? Now, looking back, I mean, we're fucking Twitter junkies. We're on there all the time. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? It, it there's so much noise on on uh, Twitter about Bitcoin constantly, twenty four hours a day. You know, it doesn't rest like Bitcoin doesn't. And you can log in at any time of the day, and there's just loads and loads of in, like infinite amounts of different conversations going on. And this is why I created the you know after a while just observing the twitter space i was like you know what it's a will be a great learning tool for me because there's a lot of knowledgeable people in here plus there's a lot of people that are talking out their arsehole but there always is <laughs> there's there is a whole <laughs> yeah there always there's always one um and that's what motivated me to set up the question in bitcoin twitter because you know i was like i can ask questions that i don't know the question to and let the community help me answer that and we can have a discussion about that also i can ask questions that i think i know the answer to and i've got quite strong opinions about the answer but i'll ask the question and see what feedback i get and it's in that feedback 
that you know I try to remain as open as possible to what actually people are trying to say and it goes back to the uh, GFY responses sometimes you get you just think mate that's just fucking lazy yeah. like if you want to be part of the conversation be part of the conversation don't just put GFY on the thread like that's sort of like I don't know it's just been a bit done now and a bit boring and like I think I think I think most Bitcoiners now have grown up a little bit um, and and starting to realize actually do you know what that we're in the they're going to fight you stage now and we really need to have the serious conversations um, now more than ever because it's now really that they're really uh, attacking Bitcoin and um, if we can start to actually create a genuine a meaningful conversations with each other to try and work out some kind of uh, way forward as a Bitcoin community um, to, you know, it's only going to get worse, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the one thing, you know, I get if you're, if you're excited and you get started in it and um, I might be a bit different there because I've been through different phases, but I'm just trying to remember when I went in and discovered it Um it was a different time, obviously. It was 2013. I really dove in more in... Well, I mean, I dove in in 2013, but I was more in and out, you know, back in the days. Um, after starting freelancing, so you get these troubles. Then you had that weird online community where um, just by educating yourself about different topics, you learned different viewpoints in the world. Um, but it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't obviously as concentrated as it is today. I mean... Just think about the current situation. We're in a bear market. If you do like to look at price, it's significantly down, but hash rate is up. Um, it, it's been coming down a bit, but I mean, it's still high. Um, people are building like crazy. Um, there are different camps forming, like the KYC, non-KYC Bitcoiners, the Lightningers, the, the privacy-oriented yeah. Bitcoiners, um, sort of the ego-boosted Bitcoiners. They, I think they will always be existing or they will always be there. Um, but you get much more noise and signal happening at the same time. Back when I was in, it was just, we were either on a chat forum or you, you just met in like personal meeting groups or whatever, or in person, actually. It was a bit more low key. Yeah, exactly. It was really, it was, it was really, really grassroots. And I mean, it was more like a, a support group, I would say, because setting up a wallet these days is so easy. Back then, there were so many different things you could do wrong. I remember running my first node, I had to compile a lot of the different um, elements to how you actually set up a node. If you buy like a noddle these days, it's just up there, you log in, mm. you sync, and that's good to go. I had to do that all manually back in the days. And I mean... That's exactly what I did. <laughs> made me too. I bought myself a pre-made noddle. <laughs> but yeah, props to you for setting one of those up. That was... Um somewhat beyond my my technical ability i wouldn't do it these days i mean if you have even even if you don't like like umbrella or whatever it is there's so many different possibilities of having these things running for you um but yeah anyway i mean it was a different time but i i get that people are exciting or excited um about the future but you know uh, also t today i had a funny tweet where um the, one of my clients he actually sent it to me and their gold box um, and full disclosure for anyone in the room, I am a Bitcoiner first, but I cherish what sound money is doing. And if you go in down to the sound money commodities side of things, um, 
you start running into stuff like gold. And I mean, gold has been around for so many years. Um, I often have a hard opinion if people tell me like it's just a shiny rock. In theory, you're right. But I mean, a lot of the monetary incentives which are built into Bitcoin were or came out of gold. Um, we just did it a bit better. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's why I'm always happy if people say there is just one cent money. In theory, there is with Bitcoin. But I think everything that led to Bitcoin was an evolution out of gold. So that's why I sort of prop it up. But um, he actually asked me, like, don't you want to remove your laser eyes in your profile pic? I was like, why? Oh, um, really? The idea behind it is, is that 100K club and whatever, right? And he was like, yeah, but, you know, the laser eye guys were always the ones sort of trashing me on Twitter and saying how, how stupid we are to just have gold and Bitcoin in our fund. We should trash gold and get Bitcoin in. I was like, well... It's your opinion, mate. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to change my picture um, just because I have laser eyes on it. But um, yeah, that's, that's how people see you if you're into Bitcoin. You're either the weird guy or you're the hero, <laughs> depending depending when they got in and how much the price is up or down. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, there are so many different camps forming. And sometimes it's hard for me to really sort of know which camp I belong in um, or any one camp. And I, I, I don't think I really have really yet to settle maybe a little bit of most camps uh, I'm in because I, I can sort of I can start I'm starting to form um, a, lands, a landscape in my head um, about where people are coming from uh, and um, what it is that they're trying to say because everyone on Twitter, uh, every Bitcoin on Twitter is trying to communicate something. And it's trying to work out what it is that they're trying to uh, communicate. And some people might say, oh, that view is a little bit misogynistic or it's a little bit sort of um, this or that, um, you know, label it as this or that. Um, and sometimes I'm like, mate, you're just, you are a bit of a dick um, saying this shit and you're just trying to um, aggravate people. You're trying to cause a reaction. Um you know, I'm, I'm a believer of stay humble, stack sats. I, I want to come to the table uh, a humble and sort of open-minded, but it, it kind of shuts people down when you've got people sort of, um, I don't know, some of the tweets I've, I've, I've looked at recently, I'll see if I can find one, but I'm like, well, what's the even point? What, what's the message you're trying to say here? Um, you know, it's just the, for the sake to be provocative, to you know i'm almost like it's, it's it's can i get many likes from yeah. people that think the same way as me and, and i can i can i can understand it they're trying to put the, uh, the signal out there that this is who they are and they're trying to get their community behind them so i, I get it and i understand it but sometimes it's frustrating yeah i mean sometimes i read tweets and i'm like okay you're either doing it for likes um because i mean we've all seen it if we if we uh, set in the, I don't know, abolish the Fed or what would be fun things, have fun saying poor um, clown world and clown and world emoji and sort of trashing Christine Lagarde, which I encourage everyone to do. Um, <laughs> there's certain <laughs> things we have to do, right? Yeah. yeah um, you yeah. do it for clout. I yeah. mean, you're, you're sort of one of the peers, um, which is good, I think. There's a certain camaraderie, camaraderie, camaraderie behind it. But yes, like you said, sometimes I'm even scrolling, I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Are you trying to say? <laughs> What's the reasoning behind it? While we're talking about it as well, I'm, I'm sort of like you know, there are a lot of angry people out there. A lot of people yeah. are pissed off. Yeah. 
um, because they, they realize they've been taking the fall for all their life. And coming into Bitcoin, you're like, shit, I've, I've been living in this scam and I've only now just realized. Um, so people do respond in, in an angry way. Do you way. think it's only because of Bitcoin? I think Bitcoin in, incentivizes a lot of good behavior. Sometimes it shows you bad behavior you've had in the past, but don't you also think the last two years sort of um, went or took people to another extreme where they were like, holy fuck, there were certain things happening. Um, I mean, just from an economical standpoint, the amount of money that was just created out of thin air, I think that sort of is the 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 petrol into the fire, whatever you want to call it, where people could just go crazy <laughs> and trying to take things into their own hands. I mean, the world has been hard to live in um, for a few years mm. now, um, particularly over the pandemic. You know, that was testing on a lot of people. And it also um, made a lot of people realize about, um, particularly in the UK where we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That the, these, yeah, by the way, guys, we're in the UK, um, coming from London. <laughs> yeah, the last two years that we, we've been sitting in our homes, you know, isolated from everyone, um, it's, it's uh, made a lot of people reflect and, and it's made a lot of people um, struggle men with their mental health uh, as well. Um, and, you know, Twitter is a good outlet. Um, and I think you know, some people just need to just maybe go and seek some help. <laughs> that gets me to the point where, you know, also on Twitter, we talked about opinions before and I work in a highly opinionated field. Um, so for anyone listening, I have a background in media. Technically, you could say I used to be a journalist, but I never finished my training because I immediately started um, private uh, work. If I would have been in the military, I would have not finished my military education but I was already a private contractor sort of to give you that perspective <laughs> and I used to work in a lot of like think tanks or agencies and um, just places where that's why I'm always very critical of like finance media and such um, a lot of what's been written is not even by the same authors who's writing it and a lot of it is opinionated so you have editors editing all of the different articles you submit you have different um, organizations different um, sponsorships at the end of the day if you're selling ad spaces on your website your podcast whatever you have um, that is a way to influence you and um, I feel like this is a lot what you see in bitcoin as well which is human again um, but I'm always trying to make an effort to like okay if we have different bitcoin views if we have different political views even if you believe in the political system um you can always make sure to like question it and see if, if there truly is another angle to the story. I wish a lot of my friends in the media landscape would stick to that attitude, but um, yeah, they 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 tr they trash you more or less on stage, repeating like seven thousand times. <laughs> you and I was sat in the um, in the venue in Amsterdam when the mainstream or legacy media journalists were on stage um which was with joe hall and uh, rizzo tell me tell me your experience of that that uh, interview in amsterdam with the mainstream first of all first of all one of the two legacy journalists has definitely taken something which he shouldn't take um a fiat truck shall we say yeah <laughs> i'm not going into further things because right. <laughs> i don't want to get sued um 
it's a popular she was certainly motivated yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was, it's a popular drug in the media landscape let's let's call it that um it seemed it seemed that she was very um uh, energetic you can all draw your own conclusions what kind of drugs you take like, i mean like like the memes the memes like, out of that uh, talk were like, amazing <laughs> that was <the> better <laughs> <laughs> but you know i sat there um thinking to myself to me this was nothing new because these were talks i'm having almost on a daily basis with friends with former colleagues where i'm like you can look at the price all day long if you want to i mean i can also look at the price of amazon uh, or netflix starting this year now it's also down um but look at what bitcoin does in countries where iran for example Women are not allowed. Women are not allowed to go out on the streets without wearing something on their head or in front of their faces. Um, they're not allowed to have bank accounts. This is something I learned, for example, through Bitcoin. Um, in Africa, there, there are fifteen or sixteen states who are still under the oppression of basic uh, colonialism um, from France. They've got their own French-denominated currency, which um, essentially keeps them in uh, colonial. Uh, financial slavery you have to imagine they, they they have gold reserves and all of those gold reserves are in france they're not even in their own central banks and france is sort of safeguarding them yeah i mean i could go on like they're human rights issues or taking or keeping the, the gold yeah hostage. essentially yeah i could go on on and on and on i mean there's so many different examples where you can say bitcoin literally fixes lives um but we have a very elite very western viewpoint of just looking at the price, which is also when I get them, um, I always laugh when I hear like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett and all of them. Let's call it what it is. I mean, these guys know what they're doing in their own fields, but they don't see what's being built behind the scenes with Bitcoin. It's not just a payment settling system. It's literally an open protocol. If you want to, you can even build a Twitter alternative on it. Um, or you can use it for other reasons, uh, whatever whatever you basically want to do. If you can write code, if you have a vision, you can build it on top of Bitcoin, some shape or form. Um, and when I sat in that in that stage, in that auditorium, and I just heard that conversation, I was like, well, it's the same shit I've been hearing all day long. And the hard thing is, I felt one of the two girls was to have a, was trying to have an open mind. She was sort of in between a lot of things. She seemed to be the mediator between the two um camp but um one of one of them was definitely f fucking mental i mean that that's the only way to describe it essentially <laughs> yeah um I was, I was thank you for that joel because it's an interesting to get it from an ex-journalist's perspective um but also leaning into what you were saying a little bit about what is it really to be a journalist really because you write a piece which is already being sort of heavily sort of suggested how you should write it it then has to go through a process of being read by an editor who then may delete things that you might have put in there that isn't part of the um media outlets ideology or the message that they're trying to get out there and you, you, you read the news, read newspapers, which, you know, sometimes I have to force myself to do because I'm, I'm trying to sort of seek out the sort of information that they're putting out there. Um, and it goes back to my looking at things in different perspectives um, with, with obviously the uh, with Bitcoin in mind all along. But, you know, the stuff you're actually reading, is it really... 
is is there any value to it other than it's just dishing out uh, the message that the legacy media want to put out there based on corporate sponsorships, based on uh, government influence? Obviously, if you're, let's say, um, let's say you're writing, uh, you're an investigative journalist and you're writing something about a company you've been following for two years and suddenly that company, because it's trying to interfere what you're researching or what you're writing about, is sponsoring your um, your, your paper or your news site, whatever you're working on. That's a conflict of interest for you as a writer and you can definitely guarantee that your editor will not be pulling you on any further news stories. Um, so that's that, that's the weapon of money. That's the weapon of fiat, essentially, that they can use against you. But I wouldn't discourage everything coming out of these institutions as bad because, again, at the end of the day, these are humans producing it. Um, there's a lot of internal fighting. I can guarantee you that if you're really trying to tell your story the way you want it told, you're basically fighting against everyone in an organization from the bottom up. And that would be an approach that would be similar to Bitcoin, right? We build from the ground up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And do you know what? If you know, there was a time in my life where I was a little bit skeptical about Bitcoin because obviously I was still entrenched in in the matrix, and in the I was yet to sort of um, peep down the the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Yeah, and if you if you put on a sunglass and you're going topless, you could be the top G. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the matrix <laughs> for, for for the right. audio listeners ian um is bald at the top has a beard if he would put on the glasses he would be very close to Andrew Tate. <laughs> just a little sidekick <laughs> a chubby one um <laughs> but um yeah i mean did you see um i think uh, andrew tate was on it was being interviewed yeah, yesterday he's wasn't a fuck he? face by Pierce, Pierce Morgan. I oh, know, mate. I, do you know? What? I was listening to him, and there, there, there are some sentences that he comes out with. On, so, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into what you're saying. But then saying, he continues to speak. And then he just fucking ruins <laughs> yeah. it, and then he ruins it in the next sentence. And you're like, oh, okay. You don't know what actually you're really talking about. You're just saying you're a realist. You're in the middle. You don't want to get involved in anyone's other's business. So you're just basically neutral, but you still have strong views. Uh, about things that are somewhat not in line with some of my views personally but he does he does he does appeal to a lot of people and I think he does appeal to a lot of young men who are somewhat a little bit disenfranchised at the moment because you know uh, especially if you're in your adolescence or in your teenage years locked up in your house for the best part of two years and you're looking for some kind of um person to sort of gravitate towards you know he's, he's loud and he's opinionated and he says a lot of things that a lot of young men might um their ears might perk up um but the underlying message you know is something that i don't don't really sort of align with but you know i'll give him my ears and i will listen um and it just basically helps me reinforce my view as as we should right um that was a few, maybe even a few months ago when we messaged back and forth and you were like, well, because of your job, do you actually have to consume a lot of mainstream media as well? To which mm -hmm. the answer is yes, I have to consume a lot of um, mainly financial sites, but um, I have a few projects now um, just to get a bit more money in bear market again. Where I also have to consume certain culture, magazines, YouTube channels, whatever. Um, 
And honestly, if you know that a lot of what was being said is in some form an act or has an agenda behind it, I actually find it entertaining. It's a guilty pleasure of mine watching 30 minutes of CNN and 30 <laughs> minutes of Fox News because they say the same thing. Just so what, I know what angle. you mean. Yeah. Mm, mm. So, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Sometimes it is a little bit of like um, cheap entertainment. Um, sometimes it's better than watching some sort of random sort of silly drama on uh, Netflix. Just turn the news on. It's hilarious. My entire friend circle, they're all watching these shows and in, in our chat rooms, I'm like, what's going on? Who's that? You know, like I have to like Google stuff about, I don't know, fucking Kardashian, Kardashians and they're all knowing what's going on. And I'm like, well, have you seen what the 10 year yield did to the Bank of Japan yesterday or whatever? Um, but yeah, that's just a world in living in a yeah. hyper-connected, hyper-informative world. Mate, this, we're in, obviously in the information age. There's so much stuff flying around there that some of the stuff we come across is just ludicrous and interesting and fascinating all at the same time. I'm actually interested because you, you grew up mainly in the... Did you grow up 80s or 90s in your adolescence? I like to say I'm an 80s child, but technically I was born just before the 80s. But, you know... Um, <laughs> when I started to become aware of the fact that I was alive, <laughs> um, it was the eighties, um, the like the decade of the yuppies and Margaret Thatcher and terrible haircuts, <laughs> very very bad haircuts. That's that's the one thing I'm I'm always interested because in, I was obviously born late nineties, um, so I grew up early two thousands, and I still grew up in that area where I didn't have a smartphone until I was. 14 i think um or, or i had like a basically a burner phone and i just used it like if something were to happen i could have called like my grandparents or whatever but you didn't run around like this throughout the whole day um and sometimes if we like that hyper connected and so much shit is going on I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself i wish there were a time where none of this existed because you know you, you still you still were busy back in the days you still had your things going on is that the same for you because you were a generation earlier you even had it more old school i should say yeah no i mean <laughs> um it was a simpler time um because all you really had um well as a kid um all i really had in the 80s was the street where i grew up the football field uh, with all the <laughs> other yeah well it was just you know a, a street lined with uh victorian terrace houses um in a relatively quiet neighborhood in in london poor part of london um there was a lot of crime um nearby and um social housing uh of which you know i was i grew up in in the social uh, housing um but the community was great because all the kids would play, be playing out on the street, um, playing football or cricket um, on a narrow residential street. You know, so you can imagine the amount of broken windows there were. Um, playing knockdown ginger. Um, Same. <laughs> getting on the BMX bike, you know, cycling around the block. I wasn't allowed to go between or beyond certain trees on my street. Otherwise I was getting in trouble. But of course, you'd always cycle around the block and try and get away with it. Um, and then school, you know, so you, you got your sort of school sort of community and your street community. Um, but then along came Nintendo or in my day, it was the Spectrum ZX. Oh my God. The Spectrum ZX. The fuck Joel. is that? And the, and 
and the Am and the Amstrad. And I was I was lucky enough um, to have a, a Spectrum, which was basically um, a huge chunky. If you type it into, oh, is it the one with it. the rainbow thing on the side? Is it that one? Yeah, mate, retro as fuck. Mate, the amount of time you spend on your Spectrum, and that was probably the beginning, really, of of gaming. And uh, well, it was. I remember even before that, uh, it was like a big chunky joystick that you'd plugged into the back of your TV, and it kind of converted your TV screen into like a video game of ping pong between two lines and a pixel, and that was like amazing. Nice. <laughs> but now you know fast forward all these years you've got literally like a, a computer in your hand in your pocket 24 hours a day just you know shouting information at you um, your phones are listening to you i was talking about pineapples randomly with my missus the other day and like, as soon as i go onto google start typing this stuff i'm getting adverts for pineapples i'm like what then maybe I should be doing some more privacy stuff on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it's so hard these days. I have a friend of mine. He's, um, um, I, I think he's a white hat hacker, but there are days where... You need to, you need to tell me what that means. A, a white hat hacker is essentially someone, he's a hacker, but he's hacking, hacking I think, for ethnical good reasons. So um, he told me so crazy stories. Like he had a job once where a bank employed him to do hardware hacks so he didn't sit on his laptop and trying to hack the network or whatever um he tried to get physical access to the building um because i think the building had a like a, a, a treasure whatever in this something of high value and what he did is literally he ran up like a three meter sprint hit his shoulder against the wall and somehow found a loophole to get into the building without actually doing any software thing or whatever. So that's kind of the, the guy he is. He, he's trying to solve puzzles, essentially. But there are a few months in the year where she's gone missing. So I'm thinking he might be pocketing some stuff on the black market. But that's just a speculation. Right. And right. he told me, I mean, even if you run like something like a Linux phone, which is a very complicated to set up, apparently, I mean, I lived on Linux a lot of times and you know how things work, but um, it's hard to get like hardware working with software. And even then, there's still enough loopholes or, or ways to track in here. So um, I, I guess that's one of the, the drown downsides to ha having that um, quick of an um, evolution in like technology and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, fun, fun side note. So I have banking friends and I have people or friends who <laughs> trying to uh, those banking friends and then i have the media people in the middle <laughs> reporting about all that crap <laughs> that's sort of my friend suck <laughs> you've got an interesting um orbit of planets i always you, i always Joel. said the last thing missing are like friends or hookers or something like this you know and i've got the complete <laughs> um don't have any of that the, the correct terminology is um sex worker now no, yeah, true yeah we have to be political vote <laughs> Sure. Um, it's, it's like I was just thinking about the whole technology thing and, you know, going back to the 80s to now, talking about this hacker doing all this sort of stuff, like the exponential rate, the, the way technology has come into our existence. And, you know, people obviously, obviously, like yourself, are, are born into this information age, but then the, the next generation are going to be born into something yet yeah. again that is completely different and more advanced and something that you know is unfathomable and i know that jeff booth kind of touches on this a little bit in his book um you know the price of tomorrow 
Um, but yeah, I mean, these, this, this, this um, is, is um, I've lost my train of thought now. What I mean, to bring about? it back to Bitcoin, if you imagine, we, we sort of went on a rant there, but we ended at how fast technology evolved. If you look at the, um, wait, are you familiar with like the S-curve adoption rate of Bitcoin compared to the internet? Yes, I'm familiar, um, but that's all. How, like how, how quick, how quick even the internet came about and Bitcoin, I think, is like two right. or three times yes. faster than that in terms of adoption, which is crazy. If you see where we came from, like you grew up in the 80s, you sort of saw every technological advancement, I would say. I, I sort of grew up. Yeah, I pretty much saw the birth of the sort of um, computer, the personal computer. Yeah, and, and probably the internet. I mean, you, you probably were the first generation in school to get it. Yeah, and it was dial up and it took forever. And like the one megabyte picture took like forever. And we all sat around the huge monitor watching as line by line this thing was trying to produce this image. And we're like, what is it? What is it? <laughs> and eventually the picture would be loaded up. It's all pixelated and shit anyway. And then it's like you spend 10 minutes trying to look at this thing that you're looking at for a second just to close it off anyway. But you know, <laughs> this is this is how, you know, technology advances, though. You know, we persist. We want to get better and faster and and um you know, people um, learn ways to um, make something that is here but better. Um, and I can go on a whole rant about how capitalism uh, plays a part in that and all that, but maybe we can save all that uh, type of rant uh, for other episodes. But um, bringing it back to rabbit hole stories, this is, you know, the kind of thing I think we'll be uh, talking about when we have various guests come along. Um, we might start talking about the journey into Bitcoin, but then go off on a tangent because I think we should run with those things, talk to people while they're thinking and we're thinking so we can sort of engage with each other down this rabbit hole and walk down that rabbit hole or crawl or climb and um, dig down this rabbit hole together um, to see where we end up. At the, at the end of the day, it's, you know what's crazy is we, we spoke for what now, 40, 43 minutes and we just scratched the surface of what might be the reasons for you to jump down the rabbit hole, to follow the white rabbit. Um, FYI for anyone listening, yes, we will be using a lot of um, quotes, analogies, stuff from Alice in Wonderland because if you've been into Bitcoin. Or, we're all mad here, folks. We're all mad here. Um, it's all part of that journey. So from time to time, you'll hear uh, maybe a lot of stuff that's familiar to you if you read the books or watch the movie or movies, the modern versions as well. Um, but that's all just like maybe you're courageous enough to jump or to do that first step. Um, for a lot of people, that's downloading white paper, buying book X, Y, Z, doing whatever. And that's just like getting in there. That's the that's the mental thing. Um and once you're in, there's no there's no end in sight. You just keep falling. <laughs> the deeper I'm, I'm digging down this rabbit hole, the more fascinating it becomes and the more you want to dig. And it's not an easy journey sometimes. Sometimes you're like, what the fuck? You know, I was listening to a podcast um, that was recommended to me from um, a book club, the Venetians book club, that I'm, um, should be more active on, which I'm, I'm not. Um, I wish I had more time to do that. Um, but they're every um, week discussing an extra chapter in a book that they're, they're reading. Um, and it's interesting, really, to sort of 
listen to um, other people's viewpoints on a chapter or something. You know, you might you might have a paragraph, and people have got ten different ideas about what that paragraph means. Um, so yeah, it's it's an endless conversation, particularly when it comes back to Bitcoin. That that's like our conversation beforehand. We were talking about another book, and I was like, "Yeah, you can read it in an hour or two. And Ian was like, "What?" <laughs> so I had to expand my personal time horizon. <laughs> I'm I'm a slow reader. I'm a slow reader, and sometimes I might read a paragraph, and I what have I just read? I can't remember what I've just read. Then I know it's time for me to put that book down because I'm not taking it in anymore. But also, you're like a goldfish. If yeah, you're it's true. But sometimes <laughs> I read a paragraph and I'm like, okay, then I start sort of like going down my mental rabbit hole of like sort of, you know, trying to get a deeper understanding of it rather than just fucking reading the book. I just start getting caught up in, in my own thoughts. So it will take me a long time to read something, but I, I do thoroughly examine it. So I like to think that when I do come out of it, um, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable than I was before. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, Bitcoin as Venice on the back of behind me there <laughs> in the bookshelf so i'm looking forward to that one as well um yeah this just this just gave me some childhood memories book clubs um <laughs> yeah. we can do them we can do them digitally now these days right yeah yeah i'll actually i'll actually link their twitter in the show notes i think they're doing a fantastic job i started listening in once or twice when you maybe pick up the next book it's definitely be a good good way to interact with fellow bitcoiners outside of bitcoin twitter and if any of you guys are listening to this podcast and, and you want to reach out and have a chat with us, you're more than welcome because I find quite a lot of the um, views and discussions on there quite fascinating. And I mean, it, it's just, a, it's amazing how you can just basically decide to pick up a book and saying, we're going to read each paragraph or chapter, wherever it will be, and um, just get lost in discussions and different things. I listened into, I think it was one of the last chapters, which with uh, bitcoin for venice back then in the book club and i heard one girl in particular talking how how she interpreted some things differently than what um one of the guys did i was like oh that's interesting yeah yeah um again the, the many beautiful different minds behind all of the things we pick up each day and the, the two authors of that book um you know it, it after reading the book you know i wanted to sort of get much uh, much more information about it and in listening to the interviews on the various podcasts and stuff it's fascinating stuff it's fascinating stuff and like it just goes to show you how um much value bitcoin has not only by what bitcoin is but by but by the people that are in bitcoin and and the minds that are in bitcoin um yeah right so joel shall we wrap this up and uh sort of um say our goodbyes and maybe give a little bit of a teaser of what to um expect in the next episode yeah definitely i mean this is just the first episode to basically have our podcast up so we can link them everywhere at the interwebs Fair and enough, already mate. like it where it's going transparency <laughs> coming at you yeah look we're just we're I mean, just trying to get going on this and um yeah go on you're, you're much better and eloquent at me in this in this job so please I mean, the main idea is now you've listened to sort of our first ideas. You may have liked them. You may have not liked them. Um, that's all good. That's part of the reasoning why we're doing what we're doing here. And we'll have our first official proper episode up on the 3rd of January, um, 2023. Why, why then? Why then? 
yeah, I, I don't think we need to explain the, the date, but if you're new into this space, this is the message Satoshi had in the Genesis block. That, um, was it the Sunday Times or the regular Times? The, sun, the Sunday Times. Was it Sunday Times? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm actually trying to get the exact copy of that thing because I just read today you can call the Times up and um, request like a reprint of it. Would be a cool, cool Christmas present. No, the main idea is that we will launch then because Satoshi did. Um, that's sort of the birthmark of what has been going on. Um, and we'll definitely, you'll hear our personal rabbit hole stories first. We'll decide with a very professional coin flip again, like we did before we started the record. Uh, the yes. episode. <laughs> Who's going to go first? And uh, once we've done our part, you'll definitely hear a lot of exciting guests, mainly in the Bitcoin space, talking about their rabbit hole stories. We'll be going with the flow that they're talking about. Um, maybe questioning, maybe agreeing on certain opinions. And uh, once a month, we'll have a tea party where we'll sort of recap or discuss certain things, which are also exciting and uh, give you a different perspective, maybe into the Bitcoin news or into certain discussions happening on Twitter, which is always fun to see. Brilliant. And where can people find you on Twitter? It is, I think it's underscore J-K-L-N-Z or Z for um, us out of the UK and the weird guys over the pond. Um, <laughs> they call it differently. Uh, yeah, I think that's my link. I'll definitely put it in the show notes as well. And uh, what is yours, Ian? So you can find me on Twitter at questioning Bitcoin. And um, yeah, just follow follow us, follow our rabbit hole stories. Uh, Twitter, which is uh, rabbit hole tales, T-A-L-E-S. Perfect. Yeah, we, we didn't get we didn't get rabbit hole stories as a username on Twitter. It was two. What was it? One or two letters too long. One or two. Oh, do you know what? Did did someone else have it? No, it was too long. It was too long. It was too long. It was too long. I think it was two letters too long. We would have to call it rabbit hole store and then know yeah. why or yeah. But if you type in rabbit hole stories, it, it does come up, doesn't it? Yeah. And we already have a nice following, so people are Yeah, no, thank you. And, you know, we haven't got anything out there, so people were intrigued. And I hope I, we haven't disappointed. We probably have. We were literally just shit posting. Yeah. <laughs> What's this shit? <laughs> shows you, shows you how, how, how big and strong the attention spam of Bitcoin right, is. Really right, is. right, right, right. <laughs> Follow us anywhere. We'll also paste the website link and everything in the show notes. We'll also have an email. So if you're old school, you want to reach out personally, or you want to be part of telling your rabbit hole story, um, don't hesitate. We really we really don't filter. We don't care if you've been into Bitcoin for yeah. 12, 13 years or if you're just getting started. It's always fascinating hearing the different, different angles people get into the rabbit hole. Yeah, come and be part of the conversation. And we promise we won't bite much. But we will certainly have an interesting discussion. So if you're op open to that, please get in touch. Anyways, Ian. Mate, it's been a pleasure. I've got to go and um, entertain my guests, um, my partner's um, sisters over from America. So I've got to go and play host now. So if you'd excuse me. No worries. I'll talk to you later. Take care, buddy.